money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. And our tip uh, comes every week. So if you guys want to see some prior tips, you can check out our YouTube channel. Uh, or if you'd like to come and join us live and in person, uh, as we've got a great group here, I might be able to scan the room just to kind of show you guys uh, what that looks like if we get a couple of seconds to be able to move the cameras around. But if you'd like to join us live and in person, you can head over to texasrias.com live. And every week we do a new tip of the week and here are some of the prior tips that uh, we've been putting up uh, just over the course of the last uh, year or so. And uh, this, this tip this week is, is about joint ventures. How many of you guys are thinking about doing this business with another uh, a, a partner? a spouse, right, or a friend, right? Uh, so we're gonna talk about some of the different ways that you can do that and be successful and some of the different ways you can do uh, to really mess that up. So as founder of Texas Rias, I get to talk to a lot of investors uh, about their deals, but I also get to talk to a lot of investors about their partnerships and those relationships within the partnerships. And over the years, I have seen a lot go uh, both right as well as a lot go wrong. So I'm here to share with you guys uh, some of those best practices and I have part one, it's already recorded, it's on our YouTube channel, you guys can check it out. Uh, just very quickly, I'll go through what that looks like just so, um, just to kind of give you a review to bring you up to speed. Number one, this is put everything in writing. Uh, probably the most unfun thing that I've had to do as a, as kind of the mother of the Investor Association is to sort out something that someone did not put in writing and is left to their own devices and their memory and their sleep and it doesn't work out, I can promise you this. Uh, also wanna make sure that every single time you do a JV with someone, uh, there's more than a few things to work out in terms of who does what. Uh, and I'm not gonna list out every single one of these things because I uh, record, when in the last recording we did, uh, we went through each one of those things. And I know this last line is really kind of negative and I apologize from that. This is actually a quote from my attorney uh, so he says prepare for the divorce in the joint venture agreement right prepare prepare for if something goes wrong and then uh, one of my favorite quotes from the author Darren Hardy uh, the author of the compound effect and the entrepreneurial roller coaster is inspect what you expect right so you don't just expect someone to do their job or what you agreed on you have to still take part of it and inspect that I go through a whole lot of details so if you guys want to see part one just hop over to the prior uh, 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 presentation you can grab on YouTube now I want to go through uh, part two of joint venture best practices and I've got a whole uh, part three as well and I'll just kind of give you a little preview as to what that looks like as well but I think one of the biggest issues that I see is when people start uh, stop uh, making everything extremely visible right or extremely transparent and that especially comes when it comes to the financials right so if you are joint venturing with someone and you are in charge of the checkbook and or you are the one making all of the charges and going getting all the supplies and or managing the contractors and making those payments uh, you must have ex excellent 
excellent expense tracking. If you are a right-brainer, you're probably not the one to do this, but if you are the left-brain, analytical, put everything into a spreadsheet, have excellent organization and tracking, then you're probably the one in the partnership who needs to be putting this part together. Uh, I have seen a lot of contractors commingle funds and projects. I have also seen a lot of investors do that as well. So make sure you have a different set of QuickBooks for each project that you are working on. Uh, some people will have a whole different uh, account or credit card for each of the different projects that they're working on just to make sure that the right things are going in the right accounts. Uh, scanning of those receipts uh, sounds obvious, but I know you have all seen the contractor with like the front dashboard that's just full of receipts, right? And, and, and not organized at all. Uh, so getting those receipts scanned, uh, creating a shared Dropbox. So again, this is part of the extreme visibility. This is part of the extreme organization uh, and sharing that QuickBook access. So I've seen uh, some investors, you know, not show any of the numbers until right at the very end of the project. Does that create some anxiety when you are the partner and you're not knowing how much they're spending? And the answer is yes. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, making sure that you share all of that. Uh, manage the contract to a financial budget and time budget. Uh, so what, is, uh, what does that look like? Uh, you all need to agree, both partners need to agree up front what is going to be done on that house, what level of finish out is going to be completed, what the financial budget is for that property, and what the time budget is. Uh, so I did uh, top uh, um, uh, rehabbing best practices about four weeks ago. Again, you can check that out on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, but one of the big things that I think people miss is not knowing how to budget how long their renovation is going to take. So I will tell you that on uh, you can the best way to figure that out is you take your renovation budget and you divide it by 5,000. So if you have a $50,000 uh, budget for your renovation, if you divide that by 5,000, that means your time is gonna be about 10 weeks. Now, most contractors will tell you, oh, no, 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 it's gonna be four or five weeks tops, four or five weeks tops. And then they're gonna come back at the end and it's gonna be 10 weeks later and they're gonna, and we're gonna say, what, well, what happened? And they'll say something like, and I always get a big chuckle out of this. Um, I had one contractor tell me, well, you know, we, ha we had a lot of rain. Rain. What, 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 what is this thing you call rain? What is this rain? Is this a new phenomena? Is this part of the global warming? Is this, a, is this, did you not know that there would be the rain before we got started on this project? Oh, you know, so, so you'll get that. Right now, you're not getting as much the rain as you're getting what? I couldn't get the materials, right? So pro projects are taking longer, which our lenders love. <laughs> because they get more interest, right? Uh, but uh, you need to make sure you stay on that and stay on time. I heard the most interesting stat, um, I was in an economic forecast last week, and uh, the, the economist said, did you guys know that roofing nails per pound is higher than the price of silver per pound? What? What? Yes, have material prices gone up? Do you, are you, what are you seeing contractors doing about that right now? When they're giving you a bid, are they saying, oh, this is good forever? They used to be able to say that, but now what are they saying? Oh, this bid has an expiration date, and it's like in a day, 
right? Because are, are these prices going up? And the answer is yes. So really uh, do a deep dive on this stuff. Anything that you are ordering, let me tell you guys, make sure it is in stock. How long are windows taking right now? I've got two of my, one, of, one of my colleagues working on two projects right now. They can't get the electrical boxes right now. I've heard other colleagues were not able to get paint. This is affecting our budgets and our timelines. Get these things going and ordered as quickly as you can in advance. Ah, with your JV partners, uh, communication is absolutely paramount. And what I find is uh, most people don't communicate, especially when things go wrong. But here's what I recommend for all of you guys. Communicate on a schedule. Have a set meeting and adhere to it. Everyone gets busy. Everyone has something else going on. But if you don't adhere to that set meeting, how much confidence are you going to have in the person, who, in the person who's leading this project? And the answer is it goes down. And there is some weird, and it is an innate thing inside of us, that when something goes wrong, Wrong, do we communicate more or do we communicate less? We communicate less. And is that actually the time that we should be communicating more, right? Think about that. So when something's going wrong, uh, make sure that communication stays going because just hiding is not going to get you away from it. Uh, uh, sometimes you hear that you've heard the saying, uh, uh, too, many, too many chefs in the kitchen, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Someone has to be on charge. Uh, but just because they are in charge, for example, of the, of the project or of the renovation, for example, does not mean that they can make decisions unilaterally, right? Especially those big decisions. So set a dollar amount. Hey, if we've got to make a change and it is above this dollar amount, I need to be brought in to help make that decision, right? And uh, of course, decide on the finish out, uh, the scope of work and all that detail all together and do that at the beginning. Uh, because if you're doing it as you're going along, I can tell you right now, you've already made a huge mistake. If you're the person who says, gosh, this house would look so much better, now you're eight weeks into the renovation project, if, it just, if we just took out this one wall, not knowing that that's a supporting wall, not knowing you're gonna have to get a special beam brought into the house, not knowing that that might cost you several thousand dollars more, not knowing that that might slow down the rest of the work in the project, and delay your ability to you know, hit your timeline, make you renew with your hard money lender, whatever it may be. So make sure you know who that cook is right at the beginning. Ah, um, this drives me crazy. I've seen a lot of investors say, well, at the beginning, you know, we decided we were gonna do a 50-50 split. But as the project rolled out, well, they didn't do as much as, as I thought they were gonna do, and they just kind of disappeared. Does that give you the right to rearrange the split unilaterally. Oh, this is the one that creates a little bit of strain, right? A lot of times people up front will say, no, 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 they don't change. But then when they get into it, there is this feeling of equity or inequity that we have. And we're like, well, we want, I wanna get paid for that. Well, guys, if um, having been through many of these situations, uh, again, personal situations, uh, people's involvement will change, right? Uh, you have to still honor that original contract because that's truly the only thing that you have in, in writing. Uh, that's, my personal, uh, that's my personal thing that I see a lot of investors really just lose an entire partnership over. And, and it's not just that one property, it could be multiple properties that they're getting, uh, that they're missing out on. So I think the fairer you are at the beginning and at the end, the more likely that you'll have someone bringing the opportunity back to you. So a lot of times when I partner with someone, I'll typically give them half of the profits. 
And I, quite frankly, I don't care what they do. In fact, I don't care if they do nothing at all. Why is that? Why is that? This is the interactive part, my friends. <laughs> Why? I develop a strong relationship with that person. Why might I not care if they do nothing at all? I'll give them half the profits, yeah. They're putting up half the money, they get half the profits. What else? I'm still getting paid regardless, right? What, why else? The other person might be a rookie. Am I the only dictator in this whole entire room? Seriously, is it just me? Oh, one of you, okay, good. <laughs> Another introvert, you get to make the decisions without talking to them, great, that's okay, that's good. So, so yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like, just you can just watch, just watch, and we'll, we'll go through everything we're gonna, that's gonna happen together, but then I'm going to execute. And for me, I don't want anything to get in the way of me executing, right? So uh, it, for me, it's like, it, it it's, might take more time if I'm, you know, every step like we're do, doing a, some type of a consultation. But I'm gonna communicate that, and I'm very upfront about how I like to do business right from the beginning. But again, am I, am I gonna change the splits at any time after because you didn't show up to the project every day and I did? This is the types of conversations I get into with investors. Well, they never showed up at the project and I was there every day and they only showed up once a week and they only did. No, who cares? You made this agreement, stick to the agreement. That's, 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 my, that's, that's how I feel about it. Uh, ah, I see a lot of people get in trouble when they're partnering on long-term buy and holds and they're not married. So what happens? And sometimes when they are married, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what happens, what happens? Someone dies, ooh, Dr. Death over there. Normally, <laughs> normally, normally, normally that role is safe for me. Normally they, I'm called Dr. No, Dr. N-O, Dr. No, Dr. K-N-O-W, and sometimes when I'm feeling in my, one of my advanced degrees kicking in, I do become Dr. Death. So that's true too, but what, what, what else happens? Bankruptcy, divorce, what else happens? Political climate changes? I didn't know we were getting political in here. <laughs> what else, what else? Tax bill is due. Here's my half. Oh, shoot. I got, my other, I got all my money in another property. Hey, can you spot me on this? That's not a 20 spot. That's like a, like a 4,000 spot, right? Oh, well, the, 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 the air conditioner broke. Well, I got my 3K, you got yours? Oh, dang. Does that add up a little bit over time and start to kind of break down a relationship? And the answer is yes, right? So, so I recommend, I love JVs for short-term flips. Hey, we're in and out if we don't like each other, and no problem, we're, we're in and out of this thing in six months. But for the long-term buy and holds, and here's what always happens when an, one of the investors wants to get out. What do they say? I want to I wanna, I wanna sell to you. Buy me out. And they say, buy me out at what price? That would be full market price, as if you are not a motivated seller, right? And as it turns out, when you say, I need to get out now, you are officially, to me, a motivated seller. But they want the highest ARV. They don't want to pay any of the, the closing costs that I will have to pay when I go to resell that property down the road right? Is that how that works? Guys, uh, hear me now, believe me later. Uh, on those long-term holds, um, just what, what I'll do with my partners is we'll flip a coin. 
on the first one. I get the first one, you get the second one. Done, right? And then we'll go back and forth each way going forward. Is that fair? I think that's fair. If you want, or if you say, oh, I've got to have this one. Okay, you take this one, you pay me, you pay me for that deal. Essentially a wholesale fee, right? And then the next one, if I say, I want this one, yeah, you'll pay me for that deal. If you get into one of these relationships with someone where you can make something like that work, it is, does work really beautifully. And guys, I'm gonna give you a little preview of what we'll talk about when we go to, um, oh gosh, and I know this is an eye chart. Uh, this is for uh, partnering um, uh, part three, JV's part three. And basically what I did is I broke down each of the typical investor splits based on if the lead has been contacted, uncontacted, if the lead is motivated, if the lead has signed a contract, if the lead is a suspect, if the lead is a prospect, if a entirely new negotiation is needed because the person who brought the deal did not know how to negotiate it properly, um, and then some additional details on this. And um, I'll also, when we do part three, go through all of the notes that are associated with this. This is, guys, how you make something last. This is how you make a partnership last. This is how you are able to grow in your business and um, be able to really uh, do, do well from the standpoint of working with other people. So for me, when I'm working with someone new, you know, it's like, and, and I'll, like every contractor, like every time I have to work with a new contractor, it's like, I, this, this is what I tell them, like, I, I want this to be a relationship that lasts a really long time, okay? Because there's lower cost to me of going out and finding new people. Literally, I will tell them like, you know, you have kids? You have kids? Great. I want to put your kids through college. That's what I want to do, right? You're driving a Ford F-150 pickup truck? Oh, great, I want you to drive a Ford F-250. And then, and then I want to upgrade you to an F-350. I want to build this vision out for them so that they know what life looks like if they work with me and we have this long-term partnership. So that's what I would encourage for you guys when you're thinking about uh, these partnerships. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.